I just hope we really are willing to look at the fundamentals and not just the superficial. Before you approach the scene to make sure that it's safe for you. And that is what is coming up on Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. So stay tuned. Now, here are two powerful words to change your life. What if? What if you do have what it takes? What if you can design your life? What if your crazy dreams do come true? You are here because you have a dream. You have a fire in your belly. You want to change the world and you want to lead the charge in the post socially distant era. The big question is this. How can ambitious people like us build our dream lives? This podcast gives you the answers. We have created the perfect community of the world's best minds who want to get things done. Survive and thrive in this uncertain world. Join us by navigating to bootstrapping.group. All right guys, uh, welcome to this new episode of Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. I'm, I have a very special guest here today. I'm sure most of the people watching uh, around the globe will recognize uh, uh, Alexandra. So Alexandra, she's internationally recognized for her role as uh, Lieutenant Stephanie Holden in the TV series Baywatch. And apart from that, um, she has worked in hundreds of feature films uh, and uh, she's she's an um, activist as well. Uh, so I'll read a, a few um, few sentences from our Wikipedia page, but uh, just as a, as a as a way of introduction. But I'm sure uh, she doesn't need uh, any introduction whatsoever. So let me just get there. I'm uh, scrambling here because I have two or three pieces here, and just give me one second. So Alexandra, she's an American activist, actress, health coach, uh, and former model. Uh, she began her career uh, modeling in New York. Uh, before landing her first major role in John Carpenter's horror film, Christine. Um, And that was followed by prominent roles in American Flyers, Eight Million Million Ways to Die, and Dragnet. And she's, as I said, best known for her role in in the Baywatch series. So welcome, Alexandra. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's such a pleasure. Yeah. All right. So I know you you are in California, and you are a big activist, and you help uh, a lot of causes, you know, some of the causes, uh, some people um, are not even aware of you are a, a big uh, uh, proponent of animal rights and, and all that. So all those activism activities, how has this pandemic affected your activism right now? What is going on there? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm busy during this, uh, in LA, they call it safer at home. And we're only supposed to go out to exercise um, and go to the grocery store or to get medical help. Um, So, but I'm very busy um, doing activism still. I I work with an organization called Food Not Bombs, which is an international nonprofit, which feeds uh, vegan meals to the uh, people on the street or people who are hungry. And in Los Angeles, uh, feeding the homeless is considered an essential service. So I am able to go out and provide the same, help provide the same delicious meal that we serve every week to uh, between 120 and 150 people on donation, on food donations that come from our local Whole Foods, our local Aaron McKenna Bakery, our local farmer's market, and Tofurky. Those are our sponsors um, who help 
make the meal happen every week. That's great. And so uh, it's interesting, you know, uh, around the globe, people um, are confused. There's a lot of fear. Uh, people are locking themselves uh, in, in, their, in their homes. And they're worried about their future. In this scenario, how do you find the courage and, and the drive to go out there and think about other people who may be less fortunate, who may need help? Um, how do you think about somebody else's um, needs in, in an hour like this? I protect myself, but you, you know how, um, well, when I was an emergency medical technician for 23 years or something, um, and that means that I'm a first, was trained as a first responder. One of the things you always do is look around before you approach the scene to make sure that it's safe for you. Mm. So my husband was really adamant that I really do that first step before I stepped in to help others. Mm. Um, but really, if people, these people are not fed, then I mean, who's going to feed them? Somebody has to. And I find myself healthy in general. I'm 56, so I'm under the age that is most dangerous. And it's my raison d'etre to be of use to others, uh, both animals and humans. And so this was an opportunity for me to step up. Also, and I don't know, tell me how you feel about this. I want to come out of this having learned something and be about myself, which I've, I've learned a lot, and being a better person. Like I, I wa I'm watching myself how I react because this is first for all of us. Yeah, yeah. And um, some of the things I haven't liked, like when my sister who lives in San Francisco called me and said, to, uh, this was May, for, uh, sorry, March 16th, I think, 15th or 16th. She said, we're going, we're going to into um, shelter in place tonight, meaning they couldn't leave their homes unless. And I was shocked. This was the first city in America to do this. I thought only people in China did that. And I was shocked. And my husband and Karen, my sister says, you need to go to the store and get supplies because it could happen to you. And when it happens, it'll happen quick. So we went to the store. And the first thing I did was walk to the chocolate aisle. I mean, I wanted to make sure I had that chocolate. Mm -hmm. I didn't care about anything else. I thought, oh my, my husband was practical. He went to the frozen foods and, and I wanted to make sure I had my, my comfort food. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that was interesting. Um, but anyway, I do want to come out of this chocolate aside, which I have been eating quite a bit of chocolate. Um, but I want to come out of this being proud of the way that I conducted myself. And I also need to come out of that. That does include remaining healthy too. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are really good goals. Um, I'm glad you brought it up because a lot of our judgment gets clouded as as uh, fear and confusion takes over. So if we can um, just put them at bay, you know, uh, obviously everybody's has some level of fear, some level of confusion. But if we can put it aside and sort of you know get our mind clear and focus on what is important. By the way. I've heard uh, chocolate is good for immune system. So I think uh, you can continue eating more and more of that. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, like th these are unprecedented times. Nobody has prepared for anything like this. Uh, but as you said, if you just focus on how we react to things, how we, um, you know, how we uh, think, uh, do we think about only ourselves, our families, or we think about others uh, as well, because uh, who knows, you know, what 
situation we are going to be in in a month uh, you know like every every hour situation is changing um well, things too for example my husband went to the store and he said um i bought i think it was soup that he really likes it was in a can and canned foods are at a premium it's hard to get them and he said but i didn't buy them all because i wanted to make sure other people got them mm -hmm. and i thought that was a very uh spoke highly of his character and it's those small things that we do on a daily basis that really show who we are you don't have to make big gestures and be um a, a quote-unquote hero it's the small acts that we do that really make a difference yeah no i completely agree Completely agree. So um, let's uh, get into um, a little bit more of uh, the changes that you're bringing about in your life. So from what I understand, uh, you know, you're using, utilizing this time to form new habits and, and as you said, um, better yourself. So can you share with us uh, what are some of the practical things you're doing in your daily life right now to keep yourself on track and, and keep improving yourself irrespective of whatever is going on? So... One of the things that I found was really important for me is that I get up at, at the same time. And I am getting up a little later, which is actually good for my personality because um, I'm very type A. So I'm allowing myself uh, to enjoy time with my husband and my cats, one of whom is right there sleeping behind me. Um, but I get up and I work out because that's really important for me. And uh, it's harder now. And so I have to be flexible to know that it's not the same workout I had before. Um, but um, I did purchase a used stationary bike so that I can continue working out. And um, I, I know that people are, and I still do my yoga practice. I know people are using a lot the free apps. Uh, if you don't yeah. You want to go out and purchase anything, you can use a lot of the free apps mm -hmm. and the free um, YouTube videos that are on that have different yoga classes, Zumba classes, and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really important. When we um, have a big life event, like a move or a divorce, or we, um, we go on vacation, this is a really good opportunity to shed bad habits. So people, if they want to quit smoking, sometimes going on they should try it when they're on vacation because they don't have the old cues in their regular life that remind them to smoke. Mm -hmm. um, it's a new environment. So in this new time when we had to set up new daily habits, it's a really good time to shed some of those things. Like, for example, if you do smoke at work, um, now you're at home more. This is a time where you, and you don't smoke at home because your family doesn't like it. This is a real time to really make the effort to break that habit and then make sure when you go back to work that you don't pick it up. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, uh, these are really good. Uh, so um, obviously, just because of the shelter in place, uh, some of these things may be uh, implied because, you know, in some cases, we may not be able to go out and get a pack of cigarettes un unless we have already... Uh, stock them. Um, and now, uh, uh, one thing I know about you is like you, you are uh, particular about food and uh, the quality of food you eat and you are a vegan yourself. How has this pandemic affected that aspect of your life? Uh, is it becoming harder to uh, find healthy food? Um, what, any, any, anything there? Well, interestingly enough, 
somebody did write to me and say, can you tell me how to maintain a plant-based diet during this time? Uh-huh. And I said, well, you know, if you notice on the shelves, there's, there's not a lot of canned goods and meats and dairy, but there's a lot of fresh produce. Uh-huh. Um, and so, and frozen foods were harder to get to. And for, so frozen vegetables and frozen fruit, but the fresh produce was definitely there. Yeah, the only back the um, the drawback to fresh produce is you have to go to the store more often. And a lot of people are not going to the stores often, so I recognize that. But so for me, who is already going to the grocery stores because I'm picking up for the food not bombs, I actually am awash in vegetables, um, and so it's not that hard. But once again. You know, I think it's really interesting with this pandemic, and maybe it's too soon. Maybe tell me if this is too soon, but I feel like we need to remember why this happened in the first place. Exactly. And the reason this happened is because, and I'm not going to put point an eye, a finger specifically at the Chinese wet markets. I'm going to broaden it out and point it at all of us who continue to confine, kill and eat animals and this is transfer and of course our continued our rising population is is um making inroads into habitat that was normally just full of wildlife and didn't interact that didn't interact with humans mm-hmm. so this is also a really good opportunity while we're sort of quieter to reflect on how we can be better our in our own lives because we all have control over this and a role in this mm-hmm. to make sure that the next pandemic doesn't happen. And I believe that is part of a huge part of that is switching our diet over and not eating the animals, any animals. Um, because even though people are blaming the Chinese wet markets, our slaughterhouses and farmers markets have as much blood and feces and, um, transferal of animal secretions to humans as the wet market does if not more because of the scale of our farmers markets or sorry farmers markets pardon me our um factory farms yeah um and we here in the and certainly in the united states but also in the western world as a whole we overuse antibiotics in these factory farms to such a degree that 80 percent of the antibiotics in the world go to our livestock and this is going to add not only a virus issue um our factory farms but now our factory farms have an antibiotic resistance issue Mm -hmm. so Yes, the wet markets of the Chinese uh, in Wuhan might have started this pandemic, but the next pandemic and an even scarier scenario where we have antibiotic resistance to most every single one of our antibiotics, that's even scarier. And we can learn now from what what we're experiencing and avoid it for future, well, in the future, which could be very, very soon. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. Like um, a lot of times I tell people, you know, when something like this happens, we always look for who we can blame. And it's easy to say, you know, this particular country was to blame, this particular habit of uh, eating something was uh, to be blamed. But as you said, you know, we've been uh, been, um, causing this for a long time, let alone eating animals. We have, 
uh, destroying their habitat, you know, the Amazon uh, jungles, you know, millions of hectares destroyed and the wildfires in Australia, you know, billions and billions of uh, animals just vanished, died, um, you know. So uh, in my opinion, I think this is nature's way of bringing balance. Like, you know, nature said, okay, it's cute. You guys are playing around and trying to make decisions for which takes you like years and years. And all you can come up with the Paris Accord for, you know, after five years and nothing can be done about it. But let me show you how it's done. And it just takes two weeks to, you know, just sort of halt everything, right? So so even now we think uh, as a human species, like we own everything, like, you know, okay, what is the, what, what are we going to do here, right? And we are making decisions. It's kind of laughable to think that even uh, under this circumstance, we think that we are all, all powerful and, and we can blame each other and all that. It's kind of funny, you know, um, if this was ants or bees, I'm sure they'll drop everything and they'll say, okay, you know, let's guys come together and figure this out, you know? Um, but here we are and, and we're trying to figure out who to blame. So it's very interesting. Um, and I don't, and actually I realize as you're talking that I might sound like I'm, because I'm vegan, uh, I might sound like I'm blaming people who eat meat, but, but I need to look at myself because I'll tell you one thing where I fall short is that I travel a lot. I drive a lot and I fly more than I think I need to. My mother lives in Oregon, 12 hours away by car. And I'm, and I'm, Last time, uh, earlier this year, I said, next time I go see mom, I'm going to, I'm going to drive and not fly. Well, when I made plans to see her, I forgot about that. I was so automatic that I made reservations. I forgot about, <laughs> so I need to be, I need to uh, cut down on this conversation is helping me. Thank you, Manoush. Um, but to have a commitment, a clear commitment, mm-hmm. not just I'm going to travel less, but that I'm going to try and that I am going to not try, but going to, um, uh, you know, take three, three flights out of my life each year and figure out a way to get there a different way or take, um, you know, 5,000 miles off my driving. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, see, um, in my opinion, I think as long as we are making an intent and doing something for others, like, you know, uh, there are things, um, which we do in life, which we are not proud of. All of us, we do that. So I believe we shouldn't be that hard on ourselves that we like take out every little thing that we, you know, that that we don't um, approve of within ourselves. But as long as there are more good things that we approve of and there are less bad things, I think that's a, that's a w- good way to contribute in my opinion. Yeah, I was I was thinking when we were talking about you know how to get through this um, pandemic and f- be proud of ourselves afterwards. So how we reacted is that there's a th- I'm a health coach as you mentioned, and there's a theory of uh, just doing one thing and not overloading. And I I um, think we might have spoken about it. Or I've heard you speak about it. Um, so just taking one thing during this time. Um, like drinking more water. Yeah, exactly. Calling our mother uh, once a week. You know, <laughs> just one of those things. Just 
committing to one thing and being specific about it. That's something in my health coaching I do with my clients is making sure it's specific. Um, because if it's vague, like, yeah, I'm going to call my mother more. Um, it's not going to happen. Um, but if it's, I'm going to call my mother on Sundays at five, then it's more likely to happen. Yeah, yeah. And it's, so I think that will help us get through this. Yeah. And at the end, we say, yeah, you know what? I developed a new habit of drinking two large um, water bottles during the day. Yeah, no, that, that's absolutely right. And, and the thing is, this is the best time to do it because there are no distractions unless we allow them in. Um, and generally when, uh, you know, I remember uh, every time somebody gave me some advice, the very first uh, excuse that comes up is I don't have time and that doesn't apply anymore. Uh, so it's just an excuse and, and uh, we can form these habits. Uh, now let me talk about another type of health, which is mental health. And I think um, as we are enclosed in our houses, we are not able to communicate with other people. On top of that, we are subject to these negative headlines all day, 24 seven. Um, what do you think in your opinion, what is the effect on mental health of, of this pandemic? Well, I can speak for myself is that um, I, there were several nights that I couldn't sleep because I had read the headlines too late. Um, so now uh, we have a, a, my husband and I have a rule that we can't read them past 7 p.m. Uh, we go to bed around 9.30. So um, I woke up when Boris Johnson was in, in uh, critical in intensive care. I guess we've been discussing it. And I woke up in the middle of the night thinking that I couldn't breathe properly. I sort of had an anxiety attack. My husband had to really talk me down. And I realized it was because of that, that we had been talking about Boris Johnson. And so, oh my gosh, there's, it's important to know what's going on, but it's not necessary to inundate ourselves. Yeah. So I think sometimes just reading a general headline is enough. And then reading, a, there's a lot of sites that have good news. Uh, the good news network is yeah. one. Um, and uh, they can, and you can just also, you can watch puppy videos or cat videos. When we actually, my husband, when I was afraid, I would say, I'm afraid. In the beginning, I felt more afraid because there was so much unknown. I would say, I'm afraid. He'd say, let's watch some cat videos. And mm -hmm. we did. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also fortunate because I live with my husband whom I adore and I'm so happy to be with him and our two cats who we also adore. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm very, very lucky in that way for people. Do you live by yourself in your No, I have family. I have my wife and kids. Well, so you also um, have that interaction. Yeah. So that's good. I, I know with kids, it can get tough, yeah. right? Because yeah sometimes, yeah, sometimes they drive us nuts, but <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, uh, as you said, we can all count our blessings, we can all focus on what we have. I mean, if we sit down and start counting what we don't have, uh, that list can go on and on. Uh, but as you said, like, you know, uh, the important things are our, our relationships, our, our family, and if we are close to them, and even. Even if you, you know, some people are alone, some people are in um, smaller apartments. Um, I mean, the thing is like, everybody has to make do, everybody has to adapt. 
and and as you said, like consuming the right type of material, uh, thinking the right thoughts, uh, working on the right habits is is the the secret to get through this uh, this uh, nightmare scenario, right? Uh, I mean, it could be nightmare if we make it nightmare, but it could be like uh, better if we make it better, right? Yes, exactly. And my husband and I have a ritual every night, but we've had this before uh, for the last year where we um, tell each other two things for which we're grateful and one thing that we did well that day because mm -hmm. it ends on everything on a positive note and then you get good sleep and it just gives you a good perspective. And I also think that we can be creative. Science has shown, studies show that people's mood is lifted when they do something for someone else and mm -hmm. you don't have to be outside your apartment or house to do that. Um, you can make a call or send a letter, um, which is pretty old fashioned, but it can be. And um, uh, you can, uh, my neighbor, she, I saw her, she was carrying a pie and she was saying, I'm, I'm giving this to my, my, the other neighbors because I'm baking and that makes me feel better. I just need more people to bake for. And so I said, oh, I love you. <laughs> baking and so she baked she baked several pies for us and she felt good and the people who ate her pies felt great and so there are things that we can do with our talents um my neighbor my other neighbor i have great neighbors yeah i want to move into your neighborhood <laughs> no our neighbors are terrific um her mother is making masks because uh -huh. she has a crafts room and she has, she's making masks. So, um, and that's great. And my mom actually, in or my mom lives in Oregon and she had three of those N95 masks and she called the local hospital, I think it was, and they came and picked them up. Three masks. And it was, it was that valuable to them that they came and picked up three masks. So just giving what you can and, um, I think that's that really will lift our mood. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, those are very important. Let's take a quick break for an important message from the Bootstrapping Your Dreams community. Get the support and insights you need for your business and life. Join our community, which is fueled by the same people who advise the world's top leaders and champions. Stay ahead of the curve. Join us now by navigating to bootstrapping.group. You know what? It's interesting. Like this is the second. Uh, like I've been having many conversations, and uh, the same themes are coming up. You know, resiliency, sleep, um, getting, making, you know, uh, good habits, uh, keeping yourself on schedule. Uh, so these things are coming up, and um, obviously, when so many uh, successful, experienced people are saying that, it it really helps uh, to listen and incorporate that. So I. You know, any anybody watching, listening, please do listen. You know, just incorporate these in your life right now. It'll really help. Uh, and I want to take it one step further now. You know, you have been very, very successful in your career, uh, and I know success doesn't come easy. It needs a lot of hard work. It needs a lot of um, a strong mental attitude. So, can you help us by sharing what what can people do to to build that muscle of hard work and and re re resiliency? Uh, in a time like this, so that they can look towards the future, towards a brighter future, and and work towards that, and not lose hope by 
you know, the daily grind, the daily news cycle, whatever, whatever is bothering them. Uh, what can you share uh, from your life story? Well, I always felt that I'm pretty average at everything. I'm not a superstar at anything. And that was actually great for me in school because it made me work hard for to, to be above average at all, anything. And so I consider it a blessing that I am, was not a superstar at anything because I've met a lot of people who things came very easy for when they were younger and they didn't learn to stick with it. And so my, I think my superpower is persistence. Um, I'm, I'm, I have projects and activism things that I've been working on for seven years, 10 years, and I'm still working and they're still in the very um, beginning stages no big successes but you just keep doing it because you if you keep your eye too much on where you want to be you don't enjoy the journey and you give up because it does often take a really long time so i'm a big believer in just being a plotter plodding mm -hmm. along step by step and in, and getting feeling good about that step yeah 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 so um not worrying about the results but just trusting the process and doing, showing up every day and basically just doing what you're supposed to do, yeah? Most people don't show up for the very simple detail work, the little the little things. Yeah. You know, they say that, I remember in high school they would say, just if you sign your, put your name on the top of the SATs or the PSATs, whatever the tests are that we have to take in the United States to get into college, that gives you 200 points. You get 200 points for just putting your name in. A lot of people don't even write their name. <laughs> that step. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you don't have to be a genius. You don't even have to be great at anything. You know, I am not a great actress. I love acting. I'm good. But I showed up on time, knew my lines, was professional and pleasant. And that went, and yes, I was good, but I was not great. And that went so far. It went, it took me so far. And people give up too soon. And they judge themselves about how they are and where they're going and this and that. Just, just keep one step at a time. Yeah, yeah. That's great, yeah. Um, all right. So, and what are your views? Obviously, you know, nobody can make predictions. And we were talking about some of this stuff before the interview. But how do you think, uh, this pandemic is going to change uh, our global uh, sort of humanity at large. Like, what are some long-term effects that you foresee uh, this event will have on us? Well, I, I want to discuss what you think, because you think there are going to be many, much more. I feel like there's going to be a little bit of amnesia mm -hmm. um, after this. And uh, what I would really like would be for people to recognize that why you know look at why this pan we can stop i know how to stop the next pandemic i know i have that knowledge and that is to not invade the space of other creatures on this earth yeah leave them alone don't capture them kill them go into their habitat or anything let those viruses stay in them and we'll deal with our own viruses okay. um 
But the one thing that I do think is going to happen for sure is that there's going to be less business travel because companies are going to recognize that this kind of interface that we're doing right now, you and I, um, is easy. And a lot of the older folks who rang those companies, thats they're the reason that they're sending their employees everywhere on planes because they weren't hip to the technology yet. Um, and they were spending too much money and, and, and polluting the world too much um, because they, they weren't aware of these great technologies that allow us to have meetings virtually. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the one thing that I think, and then, um, it won't be so now I actually will be feel comfortable go wearing a mask, um, on a plane. Um, and I won't feel like, Oh, people are looking at me. People yeah. will probably, you know, thank me and, you know, be grateful. Exactly. Yeah. So, so sounds like uh, some uh, some positive changes coming. So we look forward to that, and hopefully, as you said, that was a very noble goal to you know to to understand how how we can avoid these type of situations moving forward. So that's a very good uh, goal uh, to to adopt. Yeah. Let me just point out that everyone's talking about a vaccine. Now, vaccines on average take seven and a half years to come to market. The rabies vaccine took four years. That was the fastest vaccine. So it's not credible. I mean, do we have a vaccine for SARS or MERS or Ebola? No, I don't. As far as I know, it's because this has hit the Western world so hard that we now are scrambling and thinking that we're going to get a vaccine. No. This is going to fade out. We will not, I predict, have a vaccine. And I'm hoping that we learn the lesson of this, that the other countries who've had Ebola and SARS and MERS and um, the avian flu and swine flu have reckoned these all come from animals. And so let's, let's work at it from that angle instead of trying to find a vaccine after it's killed thousands of people. True. So very true. And will, you, will you share, just uh, tell me a little bit about how you think the world is going to change? Well, it's kind of, it's kind of radical. Okay, I'll, I'll share the way that I look at it. I, I basically work off of numbers, right? I look at data. And uh, it, it may scare a few people, but that's, that's the reality. I'll just share what I see. Uh, see, the, the thing is, uh, the global GDP is about $80 trillion, a global GDP um combined all the countries in the world yeah, yeah? that's what the entire humanity produces uh, throughout the world eight to ten trillion of that is already gone so far since march 15th gone right so that is 10 percent of the global gdp right there okay so and we are still uh, not we are still um, in most countries we are going to be locked down until april 30th at least right so we can imagine uh, another 20, you know, maybe 15 will go away, like 15, 20 trillion. So in my opinion, by the time we are done, the world economy will be uh, maybe, you know, 30, 40 trillion dollars will be gone. So 50% of the world output is gone, right? Um, the Great Depression in 1929, that was about 25% to 30, 25% uh, global GDP was gone. Right, so this is twice as harsh as the global depression, and which global depression caused world war. Global depression caused a lot of people, a lot of suffering, like millions and millions of people. So that's what I see. 
because when I read history and when I read history, I know that an event like this, we cannot erase that from our psyche within a year. You know, it takes decades and decades because it leaves such a big impact on uh, human psychology. Um, and we associate these hardships with the things that we are doing right now, meaning shaking hands, traveling, going to hotels. We are going to subconsciously attach those actions to the suffering we are going to be going through. So in that respect, it'll take generations to get over that stigma and, and get over the fact that shaking hands or going to a public place is not associated with, with disease, economic hardship and all that. That's what I foresee. It's kind of scary, but that, you know, since you asked, that's my honest opinion. So you feel that the, the economic ramifications of this three month period are going to be, the economic ramifications are going to be felt for how long and that's going to scar us because I don't see us being scarred by something that happened in three months that if we, if we bounce back right away, I feel, I feel like we're going to have, we're going to go along and forget. Um, you're saying that it's going to last a long, long time, the economic right. See, economic, economic effects are not felt right away. Uh, behind the scenes every day, the economy is decaying right now. And we have no, like most people have no idea. Uh, and that's because uh, we are under lockdown and this has never happened before. Never, ever, uh, ever since uh, humans became a species 300,000 years ago, we never shut down global production, never, right? So this is unprecedented. Um, and uh, and our whole society is based on economics and production and and consumption and so you can see like the underlying basis of the economic of the system that we used to comply with uh, it is getting undone now right and i highly doubt i highly highly doubt there is a leader out there in the world because they were scrambling even with the system in place and now they have to come up with a new system that will work for the entire world I highly doubt they'll be able to figure it out in the next five, 10 years. They'll scramble, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll try to blame each other. And finally, hopefully somebody will realize, you know, we need to really come together at the table and then figure out how this is going to work. And so that's my read on things, which is why I'm saying it will take a while. When you say systems, you mean capitalism? See, capitalism and globalization, uh, education system, you can see there are fundamental problems everywhere, right? Like uh, education system produces students to uh, make sure they are employed by the system so that they can produce more nine to five, and then we can consume more, and then we can pay that in taxes, right? But you can see in the past three weeks, every one of us have experienced that if you just stay home and focus on things which are important to us, you know, spending time with family, learning something new, uh, thinking about what kind of habits we want to form, thinking about you know what kind of creative uh, things we want to indulge in, uh, that gives us much more satisfaction internally than going to work, right? But we just got to go to work just because there is no other choice because we have to make the money to be able to pay for food. But now if, if we flip that, if all those paradigms are gone, sooner or later we realize there is another way to live. There's another way to build this society, right? It sounds like that's not a capitalist society if you're talking about. Um, no, 
I, I don't know whether 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 that is true or not. It can be capitalist. So you know, here we are. We are two capitalists, right? We are both entrepreneurs. We believe in making money, but we also believe in helping people. We also believe in not just thinking about ourselves. We also think about other people, right? So in a way, we are we are helping other people. And now, if some other people start thinking about some other people, eventually, I think the entire population will be taken care of by just us thinking about each other, right? But the problem is that only handful of people think about each other and most people just think about themselves and that's what permeates throughout the population. So, so capitalism can be in a different format and it could be for the good of everyone. Uh, and maybe this is a pipe dream, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't have all the answers, but, but um, I just hope that people see it differently a little bit, maybe because of this pandemic. Do you see that it's going to be overall a good thing for society? I mean, given that I know people are going to die and suffer right now, but in the long run, yeah. will our society afterwards be better? Yeah. Or do you feel that it won't be better? I, I see the way that we look at it, we should look at, we should really read history. History teaches a lot, right? Um, there are a lot of challenges that humanity has faced. Uh, this is not the biggest one, right? So um, we have had instances where uh, huge percentage, like 25, 50% of the human population has vanished, 50%. Uh, in, in one scenario, there was a scenario where there was a long ice age and um, we were dwindled to about 100,000 uh, in the entire world. So we were endangered species. Um, and so we, through cooperation, living in smaller groups and all that, we adapted very quickly and then we sprung back again. So any challenge, uh, and this happens in real life, our personal life as well. So you'll notice that any challenge is preceded by human, um, humongous growth, large growth. The bigger the challenge, the bigger the growth, right? So you can see in history, you know, world wars led to tremendous prosperity. Um, the global depression led to, uh, you know, new innovations. So every challenge that you have seen everywhere in the world, it precedes growth because people finally, rea finally realize that, hey, you know, what we were doing for so long was wrong. We need to, we need to wake up and do something differently. And if maybe four to 5% people wake up and do some things differently, that creates a momentum and, and, you know, things change. So I'm hopeful this is going to lead to tremendous growth, tremendous prosperity, but not without pain, because that is the transition period I speak about, you know, four to five to 10 years, when when there's going to be so much confusion, nobody will know what the heck is going on. And um, and that's where the confusion will be. And then hopefully we can get, get it resolved very quickly. And if that happens, maybe it will be three years. I don't know. Um, but But I think that's the kind of time frame we are looking at. Three years at the, at the back. Three minimum, I think, I think. Oh, wow. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Well, I had no, I, I had no, my powers of prediction were, are terrible, mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to economics or technology, things yeah. like that. Um, but so I, um, I I'm, thank you for, for uh, opening my mind to, to what could be. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I, I always, you know, this is, this is the reason why I'm, I'm getting more and more uh, people who, who we can um, 
who who can give more positive message and prepare the masses uh, uh, and and give them some hope. Uh, you know, a lot of people are um, like even even now I'm seeing some of the comments. They're talking about you know they're having some problem with their program right now. They're not able to get something done, and that's so small in the grand scheme of things of what is coming. I'm I'm just trying to help people to see you know what what is happening around them so that they can they can prepare themselves better. Um, and as many people as as I can reach out, uh, we can we can help them. Uh, I mean, I don't know, like save their lives, save their families. Like it's, it's such a profound time in our lives right now. And if we keep focusing on small little things, we will miss out on, on big, big things, uh, big things, both which may be negative as well as positive. You know, if we, if we write it out, as you said, like if we improve ourselves, this is, this is a chance like no, none other in history that we can actually transform ourselves, right? I just hope we really are willing to look at the fundamentals and not just the superficial. Yeah. Um, like even the economy is an, is an outgrowth of this. It is not the reason it happened. So we really need to look at the reason yeah. it happened. And, and as you know, because we've spoken before is that the number of people on the planet is growing and growing and we are in, in encroaching on more and more wild lands and seas and that is not only going to make us more vulnerable to disease because overcrowding does that um but it's also yeah it's going to make viruses more yeah. more apt to, to to make the jump from nature to, into right. human beings right. so we yeah. need to really look at that at ourselves in our own lives not just point fingers at the other yeah. countries or corporations and things. Absolutely right. I mean, uh, there's another statistic I will share with you. Like if, if we took all 7 billion people on the planet Earth and we stacked them like right next to each other um, and, you know, on top of each other, uh, the entire uh, Empire State Building, um, I think it can go up to what, one, one mile or something like that. The entire human population can just fit in there. We don't need that much space. But the thing is, like, we all want so much for ourselves, disproportionate level of wealth we want. You know, we want big houses, the, you know, all the stuff that we want for ourselves drives us to reduce cost at any, any, and it doesn't matter how much, what kind of impact it has. We just want to reduce cost, get more profits, cut down the trees, kill the animals. And that's the insanity, insanity of it. Yeah, I think if aliens came down to Earth and looked and see what we we're doing to our own home, they would go, "What? Is, what are wrong with these these creatures? Yeah, they're not that smart. In yeah, fact, exactly. Lop them off the food chain since they're at the very top. Lop them off, and everyone else be below would would thrive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I just started watching. I think documentaries are a good way to open our mind um, during this time, and we have a lot of um, uh, availability of movies and things to to watch while we're home. And I started watching a, a documentary called The Minimalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recommend. I've read their book and um, you know followed their blogs and things, and it's a very good documentary. So if people want to take a look at that, it might be something they could think about for their life post covid yeah yeah for sure and uh one thing i wanted to ask you uh because i remember last time when we were talking about it um we mentioned meditation when you were going to uh, 
<laughs> so no, I have not incorporated it into my life. And that is something that I agree that I, if I, that it, this is a perfect time to do that. And I have not done it. Yes. And how is it going for you? Well, it's, it's wonderful. I mean, uh, um, it's, uh, uh, how can I say it? Especially right now, especially for a time like this, it's, uh, almost like, uh, a panacea. It's, it's, it's like, you know, there is no better way I can think of, uh, than to, uh, use meditation, uh, to see clearly what is going on and, and calm yourself down and all that. So I'll send you another link. I found a better one. It's simple, straightforward. I'll send you a link. Do try it. Uh, but I really highly recommend that. Thank you very much. It's inspirational to hear you say that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. Right. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today again. And uh, this has been very, very interesting. I know you're busy. Uh, so taking this time out uh, and sharing all your, all your wisdom. Uh, thank you so much. I'm sure people will benefit from that. And now if people can, uh, they want to connect with you, they want to reach out to you, how can they do that? Well, um, they can certainly, if they're interested in health coaching, I give free 20 minute consultations on the phone. All my work is done on the phone. So it doesn't matter. I have clients in uh, England right now, England, Australia, Italy, and around America. Um, so uh, you can reach out through my coaching site, alexandracoaching.com. Um, and you also, my website, Act for Acting, and everything else is alexandrapaul.com. And my social media is linked there on uh, Facebook and Twitter. I'm on Instagram, but I'm terrible on Instagram. <laughs> All right. No problem. No, I, I'm still trying to figure out social media myself. But And once again, I just want to thank you so much uh, for all the positive work you're doing and all the goodwill that you put out there in the world. Thank you so much, Manoj. I really appreciate speaking with you again. Thanks. That's all for now. Until next time. If you want to realize your full potential, I invite you to join our community. We support and help each other out because no one has to do it alone. Join us today by navigating to bootstrapping.group. The community is free to join, no strings attached except for one have to take action so if you are an action taker we want to talk to you join us by navigating to bootstrapping.group if you want more insightful interviews with industry leaders then check out these other videos we have picked for you right here and subscribe now to get our new content